Joining us now is Bruce Finkelman. He's managing partner of 16 on Center. Hi, Bruce. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I never I never thought I would follow Gloria Gaynor before. <laughs> you know what? As I was listening to the song, which was our salute to first responders and everybody on the uh, healthcare workers on the front line, part of the Solidarity 8 movement, I thought, I bet Bruce is enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, just dancing around over here. Well, of course you are because you are an owner of uh, one of, you know, several of the city's most iconic independent music venues. Um, can you Thank list you them for much. us and tell us a little bit about them just to introduce yourself? Well, uh, we have a number of different venues, as you said. We had uh, Space in Evanston. We have the Empty Bottle in Ukrainian Village. We have the Beauty Bar in Westtown. We have Thalia Hall in lovely Pilsen. And we also have the Promontory in Hyde Park. So a lot of our uh, venues really dot the neighborhoods throughout the city. And tell me about owning an independent music venue. I don't imagine that it's easy work. Well, I can tell you that, you know, it's always been, you know, a love of mine, live music. And to be able to have your your vacation, your vocation or whatever it is, it's always been a dream of mine. And as of late, it has, of course, become a lot more difficult with the shutdown of the pandemic. Of course, it's a small business. Tell me a little bit about the profit margins. I assume that uh, you're not making a ton of money. Well, yeah, yeah, the profit margins have always been very slim as far as the hospitality. I also own a number of restaurants as well. And, you know, in the hospitality field, you know, it it, it is a labor of love because the profit margins aren't something that are going to... uh, uh, you know, take you to the bank. So a lot of a lot of uh, time and energy is focused on the expenses and trying to keep them in line with with, you know, the day to day business. And uh, that's really important as far as the survival of a small business in a small venue or a restaurant. Yeah, you mentioned the restaurants that you're also an owner of, um, including Bite Cafe, one of the best uh, bring-your-own-BYOB restaurants in town, Dusex, Revival Food Hall, Money Gun, uh, St. Louis Assembly, which has wonderful kind of nostalgic throwback sort of cafeteria tray. You can go down and uh, sort of pick out what you want, which is pretty... Boy, we're going to have you be our spokesperson. <laughs> well, you know, I've experienced a lot of them, and they're, and they're wonderful venues. Uh, but, Bruce, before we talk about how COVID-19 has affected business for you and all other music venues, let's talk a little bit about how you created this coalition with other owners from Chicago favorite venues before this all even happened. Yeah, so in November of 2018, we started Civil, which is the Chicago Independent Venue League. And, you know, at that point in time, we were we were dealing with a number of different issues and getting together with some of my uh my compatriots in the in the live music um, arena, it just became important for us to try to have some sort of a voice that we could create and the understanding about how you know Chicago is one of the best musical cities in the country, if not the world, and to be able to have a voice that shows that is able to get across some of the some of the issues and problems that live music venues um, go through throughout their business day was very important. I mean, the the venues 
around Chicago are really an identity to our city. You know, the blues, the jazz, gospel, house music, the home of. But not only that, but the record labels that call Chicago home and the artists that call Chicago home. So to be able to have a singular voice, to have the ear, to, to try to get the ear of the city and to really try to become an advocate for these live music venues was really important. And it became kind of a saving grace to us all especially during this period. Absolutely. And, of course, you created and banded together. This is CIVIL, spelled C-I-V-L, is the acronym. This happened in 2018. And, really, there wasn't this sort of advocacy for your, you know, line of work before you guys created this. No, just a bunch of stray cats all running around (laughs) separately doing, you know, doing whatever they could do. And, uh, you know, to, to, to... have Katie from the Hideout and uh, Gomez from Subterranean and, and, uh, and uh, so many of other uh, venue owners across the city be able to band together. It really is going to be helpful as far as showing and uh, the economic engine that we are to the city, you know, and to be able to have a voice at the table to be able to to showcase that even further. So now all of these owners from iconic music venues and some new ones as well have banded together. How have you guys shifted in terms of your focus, especially right now with the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, the day we closed in March was the day that our day-to-day activities with civil and in the venues shifted uh, to one of survival. I mean, uh, we were one of the first businesses to close and most likely be, will be one of the last businesses to open. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an entire ecosystem of staff from staff that worked in the venues to artists to touring folks that all of a sudden were, were out of business. And we were tasked with the, uh, with the, uh, with, uh, with trying to feed these folks and trying to figure out a way that we were going to and will be able to open when this whole pandemic is over. And what that meant was trying to get, get the ear of the city to have them understand from a, from a state level and from a local uh, level and also from a national level what we were going to need to be able to come out on the other side as vibrant as we of a music scene as we've built over the over the many years and, what, and that's where we that's where we've headed and bruce what are some of those needs what are some of those immediate needs that need to be met well we need to feed our staff mm-hmm there are so many people that are out on the uh, out of, out of work right now that we need to find a way to 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 keep these people living, keep these people fed. And I mean, we've we've tried to do some of some of our own programs at our at our restaurants, like Dusex is doing a a family meal program, so each of our employees can come in and get a square meal every day, and. Each of the venues have done these GoFundMe programs to be able to raise money from donations to to help put some money in the pockets of our staff. But we also need some some uh, help with the expenses. No one's asking for us to get our revenues covered, but what we do need is a little assistance with the expenses so that we can we can ward off this period of time and come out the other side as vibrant as we came into it. 
Are you hopeful to be able to tap into some of the SBA loans and the uh, Paycheck Protection Program? I know that um, there's also an additional, I think the Senate just passed an additional $484 billion as well. Yeah, so so the, the, the loans and the grants that are out there are also helpful, and we're, we're really appreciative of, of the quick work that they made of passing these things. But, but to some extent, the payroll protection program is problematic because we're still closed. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to utilize yeah. that money, we're, we're paying our staff, but we're paying our staff for a business that's closed. Right. So in essence, it's a little bit difficult to navigate those types of funds. And the loans are great, but what we really need is we need some debt forgiveness so that we're not leaving this period of time, getting out of this pandemic period with just unsurmountable bills. What does social distancing, what does the future, when we come out on the other side of this, look like in terms of how one goes to see a concert? How, how are concert venues going to look different after this? Well, um, you know, I try to tell people when they ask me this question that I didn't, I didn't quite finish my medical degree, <laughs> but that's exactly what we're going to need is we're going to need the medical profession to show us a way through this, to get people comfortable with the idea of being able to go outside, be able to uh, share some time with their fellow humans. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is with testing and to hopefully find somewhat of a cure and a vaccine, but to really be able to explain to people that they can feel safe when, when that's applicable, but when they can feel safe in a crowd. Yeah, when you think about going to a concert, that's when you are just shoulder to shoulder with people. And exactly. And you're dancing. Part, around. Of the, part of the thing that I love about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now we have to figure a way since we went through this long period of how to, how to forget, how to handshake with somebody. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have to figure out how to go back and, and actually be with people in a close quarter and feel comfortable. Absolutely. Um, do you foresee maybe even since you do own several concert uh, music venues, do you foresee, you know, people's temperatures being taken before they enter a venue? What do you I, I guess I'm just wondering what you're thinking about and imagining. Well, I'm imagining that it's going to be a reduced capacity for sure. Okay. I think that there's going to be a slow introduction into the way this is done. And, you know, that's why we talk about having our medical profession give us some insight into how we can proceed, because if they're going to tell us that, yes, testing temperatures of people that walk into the venues, we'll do it in a heartbeat. I mean, this is the the livelihood of so many people in this great city and around the country Mm -hmm. that whatever we can do to get people to feel comfortable with returning to the clubs and returning to, to see live music and performances of all types, there's not one person in our field who's not going to be willing to try to try to make that happen. Um, also, just thinking about all the cancellations that you had to make, how far out, uh, how many months in a, forward did you ca- make cancellations in terms of bands that, that you've booked? So the cancellations were pretty fast and furious. I think the first couple of two, three weeks, we ended up canceling over 100 performances throughout the, the next couple months. And currently, we have stopped booking performances up until probably June, but I think we all know that that's going to be pushed out even further, um, at least to, to some point 
closer to fall. But you know, we're we're very hopeful that with a, with a, a cure or some unforeseen good news, we can get through this even quicker. And Bruce, when things are up back up and running, are you concerned? Are bands booked out years in advance, or like, will you have opportunity to book? bands that you had to postpone or how difficult is it to get them on your roster well well there's going to be a there's going to be a cycle reboot you know and i think that's going to happen throughout the economy in, in a number of different fields but you know a lot of the the international and national touring acts who were on tour during that during the time when we shut down or who will be who, who were planning to be on tour for the summer or the fall, that's going to be a reboot process where people are going to have to work on getting visas and we're going to have to look at when they're opening the borders for people to travel. And also when people feel comfortable traveling the roads, uh, you know, nationally. So it's going to take a little bit of time for us to see what the landscape's going to look, look like. I know that these artists who don't have anywhere to perform are going to really need that to, to be able to, raise some income and raise some revenue for themselves. So I know everybody's raring to go. It's just a matter to, to, to understand what that landscape is and make sure we can do it as safely for everyone out there. And Bruce, to wrap up, is there anything we can do to help the Chicago Independent Venue League? All the venues, all the restaurants out there have GoFundMe pages. Please go go there and buy a ticket for a show that's in the future. Buy a gift certificate. Donate to one of these wonderful venues to their staff. And, you know, buy some merch, whatever you can do. Come support us. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Bruce. Hang in there. Oh, thanks for taking the time, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Bruce Finkelman. He's the owner of several of the city's most iconic independent music venues, including Empty Bottle in Westtown, Thalia Hall in Pilsen, and the Promontory in Hyde Park. A lot more coming up on WGN Radio.